Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in Hebrews. We have just finished reading uh, chapter 2 in our previous session. Chapter 2 establishes that uh, Jesus is our high priest and that he is our high priest and that he is a merciful and faithful high priest because he has experienced the human condition, our temptations, our, our, our suffering, and he took our sins on the cross with him and paid the price that, that we should pay for our sins, but he paid that for us. So, and that he has, he is able to help us with our temptation and with our suffering and our issues because he has been tempted in all ways as we were. So now we're ready to read chapter 3. Now I am reading from the Amplified Bible. And the writer starts out, Therefore, well, therefore why? Because of the fact that Jesus is our propitiation for all our sins and he is our high priest and he's able to understand and help us. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling thoughtfully and attentively consider the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we accepted him as Savior, namely Jesus. Now in the Greek, they make a note here that in the Greek, putting Jesus' name last in this whole statement was for emphasis. So as to emphasize that he you know, namely, Jesus, Jesus is the one. Jesus is, you know, the Son of God, and, and he is the one that we have confessed. So, and we're considering him, okay? We're considering him as our high priest, and he's the original, you know, the apostle sent. Anyway, he was faithful to him who appointed him apostle and high priest, because Jesus was from God. As Moses also was faithful in all God's house, yet Jesus has been considered worthy of much greater glory and honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in the administration of all God's house, but only as a ministering servant, his ministry serving as a testimony of the things which were to be spoken afterward, the revelation to come in Christ. But Christ is faithful as a son over his father's house, and we are his house if we hold fast our confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ. So, Whereas Moses was a servant of the house and administrator of the house, Jesus is, you know, he is the faithful son over the house with authority over all things. So that is a decided difference in being an administrator of the house and then being the son which is given authority over all the house. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as your fathers did in rebellion of Israel at Meribah on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing my forbearance and tolerance, and saw my works for forty years, and found I stood their test. Therefore I was angered with this generation, and I said they always go astray in their heart, 
and they did not know my ways, nor become progressively better or more intimately acquainted with them. So I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, the promised land. So here, speaking of the old covenant and the Jews and you know the Israelis with with Moses, um, you know they tested God. <laughs> they tested God in a severe way for, and then for forty years, you know, because um, he said, you know, if you remember, uh, they were to go in and take the promised land, but because they sided with unbelief, basically, and saying, oh, we can't. We can't take the land because it has giants and it has all this, you know, all these people in it and they're stronger than us. Because they didn't have faith and trust in God, they, you know, none of that generation were allowed to go into the promised land. None of them, uh, let's see, except for Joshua and Caleb, right? They... Were, because they had the good report, so they were allowed. But for everyone else, they wandered the desert for 40 years. They just wandered around, nomads, until everyone else had perished, so that only the next generation could come in to the Promised Land. <clears throat> so they did not get to enter in to the Promised Land or or his rest, God's rest, or in our case, we would compare this to going to heaven and say, okay, that's going to be my uh, best straightforward comparison to this, is that we want to make sure that we believe and trust in God so that we will go to heaven. That's our promised land. So, so he's going to caution us here about unbelief, the 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 writer. So here in verse 12, take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God. That's basically what they were doing, the Israelites back then. They were not believing and trusting in the Lord, in God. And so that was an unbelieving heart. And you notice he says above here, um, in verse 10, and I said they always go astray in their heart. And, and, you know, as an example for us, that is still our problem today, is we have a lot of the same issues. So we should not judge or make fun of these people, but as an example for us to follow or not follow, they make a good example of sometimes what to do and sometimes what not to do. And this is one of those cases where this was what not to do. We should, we should be trusting and relying on the Lord. Okay, so make sure that we do not have a wicked, unbelieving heart. But continually encourage one another every day, as long as it is called today, and there is an opportunity so that none of you will be hardened into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, its cleverness, delusive glamour, and sophistication. And you'll notice it says delusive glamour in this interpretation or uh, translation, I should say. And delusions, you know, that's, a, that's uh, implying or referring to delusions where people become deluded thinking they are way more than they are, you know. It's easy to be 
deluded, you know, with yourself and thinking you're more important than you are. Um, okay, anyway, so we need to make sure that there's a lot here, really, in just this one little verse. We need to continually encourage one another in the Lord. And we need to do this every day as long as it is today. In other words, as long as we have an opportunity, uh, because we don't want to become hardened or settle into any rebellion. We don't want to be deceived by sin or deluded, you know, to make us think, you know, that we're, we don't need to trust and rely on God, you know, or that we would rebel against God. So moving on, verse 14, For we, believers, have become partakers of Christ, sharing in all that the Messiah has for us. If only we hold firm our newborn confidence, which originally led us to him until the end. While it is said today, while there is still opportunity, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, as when they provoked me in the rebellion in the desert at Meribah, for they... No. <clears throat> Let me read that again. Sorry, verse 16. For who were they who heard and yet provoked him with rebellious acts? Was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose dead bodies scattered were scattered in the desert? And to whom did he swear an oath that they would not enter his rest, but to those who disobeyed, to those who would not listen to his word and not trust and rely on him? So we see that they were not able to enter into his rest, the promised land, because of unbelief and unwillingness to trust in God. And the comparison here is that that is the same for us to get to heaven. We need to trust and rely on God and believe that he is God to get to heaven. We have to have that belief, that faith. We have to know that regardless of the circumstances and what's going on, that we can trust and rely on God. And that's, you know, and, that, and finally, in the end, that's how we're going to get to heaven anyways, through our trust and belief in God. That's how, it's really what should be motivating and driving us to do, to live our lives the correct way, to do most everything, to, because we trust and we, we rely on God, we should act like it, you know, but nonetheless, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up what we're, what, uh, what the writer here, the Hebrew writer, is saying. So, um, basically, making this comparison here for us, so that uh, you know we do not want to be rebellious and unbelieving. We want to make sure that we are believing and trusting and relying on God, so that we can enter into that promised land so we can be in heaven so that we can defeat our enemies now truly christ has already defeated our enemy and he has all authority because he has already done that but you know our enemies are unbelief our enemies are really kind of man's wisdom and, and knowledge sometimes if you know what i mean um, we're fighting against ourselves we're fighting against our own um, ego sometimes uh, we're fighting against you know our own opponent a lot of times is ourself our old man who just wants to be selfish and have his way so but we want to trust and rely on God to help us get to heaven
to uh, help us to do the right things in this life. Alright, so <clears throat> that is chapter 3 of Hebrews. I want to thank you for listening. God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.